Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I have been hosting this podcast for five years now. I can't believe that. And also, I can believe that. Isn't that so strange how when something is significant in your life, it feels simultaneously like you just started and also like you've been doing it forever? Anyway, I am so glad you're here. If you're a returning listener, meaning you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you've heard some of the previous episodes, then some of this stuff is going to feel new and some of it is going to feel repetitive. Um, I know a lot of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you have requested a lot of topics about cookies because that's what is on most people's minds right now in the troop leader space. If you're new here, then some of this might feel a little bit out of your depth because some of it might feel a little bit overwhelming. You kind of need to just stick with the basics when you're first starting out and you can get more and more advanced as you keep going because once you have a foundation of how things work and expectations, it gets a lot easier. I promise you it gets easier. So um, we're going to do some cookie topics over the next couple of weeks where I'm going to just share some of my thoughts or answering some questions or whatever about cookie season. And I, okay, one of the things that's really difficult about cookie season related episodes is that everybody's kind of in a different place. So by the time this comes out, there will be several councils who are already in the thick of cookies, and there will be several councils who haven't started yet. So obviously, it's going to be more helpful for people to be able to plan ahead. Um, but <laughs> everybody's council is on a slightly different schedule. So as far as like cookie basics go, that is something you might not know that different councils sell cookies in different, I don't want to say different seasons because for the most part, everyone sells in the quote unquote spring. And really by that, we mean like spring semester. So most people sell between January and April at some point, but some people start in December, and even if you start in January, you might have certain deadlines in December. So your parents' meetings, your initial order, all that kind of stuff already had to be in. Working with the girls on setting expectations, if you're already in the thick of um, selling, <laughs> then you have already distributed cookies to your girls. You've already signed up for booths. You're already underway. You've already talked to the girls about the flavors and the prices and all that stuff. And if you haven't started selling yet, if you're not starting to sell until February or even March, then you are working on planning that stuff now. Or if you've never done it before, you may not even know that you need to plan it now, but you're kind of in the probably training phase. So I know in my council, I'm based in Arizona, the training is usually in October that we have to take as troop leaders, sometimes November. Our initial order, et cetera, is due in December, and our council booth rounds are in December. And if you don't know what that is, or if your council doesn't have booth rounds, basically what that means is that in my council, they obtain certain booth partnerships with kind of like more major stores, and those you can only booth at those kind of major chains through council. You can't go create a personal relationship and schedule your own booth time. If it's a store that doesn't have kind of a more corporate-based relationship with council, you can schedule those booths individually. So in order to try to make it as fair as possible, which is really difficult, they do rounds where you sign up for booths 
from council to get the quote unquote good booths. Um, I don't really want to like spend a ton of time on booths in this episode. Um, what I want to actually talk about is my top three tips for selling cookies this year. And I'm really coming at this of an angle from no matter how new you are, no matter what your council practices are, these three tips could apply to you no matter what. So the first thing that I want to say is uh, my very first tip is to think outside the box and get creative with your selling and your upselling. So actually, now that I think about it, there we could probably do a whole episode on like sales psychology, upselling techniques, selling techniques, et cetera, because sales in general has a really like negative connotation in our society and selling feels really dirty. But the reality is we live in a capitalist society and we're being sold to literally all the time. And sometimes it's sleazy because sometimes it has negative intentions, but most of the time, yes, they're self-interested intentions, but they are um, <laughs> as pure as intentions ever are in selling. It doesn't have to be inherently sleazy. So in the case of selling cookies, you know, we don't want to have kind of any sales tactics that are negative or leave a negative taste in the mouth of the customer. That's kind of funny because as we sell cookies, a negative taste in their mouth. Um, we don't want to make a negative impression, right, on the people who we're interacting with, engaging with, potentially selling to, or the communities we're selling in. But the reality is, yes, the girls are trying to raise money, but they're trying to raise money for really good cause, right, investing in these girls' experience and their future. And also, we're offering a tangible product that we genuinely think is a good product. Now, I say that knowing there's somebody listening thinking, I don't think it's a good product. The boxes keep getting smaller. The prices keep getting higher. And they keep putting less cookies in the box, like whatever it is. Or I don't like Girl Scout cookies, whatever it is. And I, I, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. Generally speaking, they're a beloved American tradition. They are um, one of the favored American traditions around the country. Personally, I don't think Girl Scout cookies are any better than any other cookies. I would just as soon have cookies off the shelf at the grocery store or honestly make cookies myself. But I like Girl Scout cookies because of the tradition and because of the culture and because, as you know, I believe in investing in Girl Scouts. And that's not just that I want to put money toward the cause of Girl Scouts, but also because I want those girls to have an opportunity to have a positive experience and build skills even while selling cookies. I want to help them build business and life skills that are going to carry into their future. So in addition to investing in their experience, I also want to invest in them. And what that means is as a customer, I'm a very aware customer, right? So when a girl wants to sell cookies to me, I engage with her. I engage with her about what she loves about Girl Scouts, what kinds of fun things she's done with her troop if she's in a troop or um, what she's done in her experience as Girl Scouts if she's an IGM or a Juliet. That's the same thing. Basically means a girl who's a Girl Scout who's not in a troop. Um, and there's other names for them as well, but <laughs> an independent girl member. And basically asking about that. If the girl has a bronze, silver, or gold award pin on their 
uniform, I will ask them about their high award. If a girl is wearing a junior uniform or a tan uniform, I'll ask if she's working toward her bronze, silver, or gold, right, depending on what level she is, uh, if I can tell. I mean, if she's in uniform, you can generally tell, although khaki girls could potentially be cadets, cadets, (laughs) seniors, or ambassadors. Wow, I had trouble saying that. Could be cadets, seniors, or ambassadors. And you just have to kind of use other context clues to find out. But anyways, or you can ask, right? But regardless, I like to ask them about their Girl Scout experience and get them talking about that, what kind of things they're excited for, if they've sold cookies before, what their favorite cookie flavor is, what cookie flavors they recommend. I do sometimes kind of put them to the test if they're really engaged in the conversation. And I'll ask them like recommendations. Well, I know I like this one. What other flavor do you think I might like? Or I know I'm going to be driving around a lot and these cookies are going to sit in the car. Which ones are going to hold up the best if they're sitting in the car in the heat? Because I live in Arizona. So here, like during cookie season, it starts to get hot. Obviously, if you live in an area where it's snow during cookie season, you don't have to worry as much about leaving cookies in the car. Um, but yeah, so I'll ask them questions like that and kind of try to get them to engage a little bit, but not all customers are going to be that self-aware. And, um, so therefore we have to kind of get creative with how we sell to help raise that self-awareness in our customers. And so that's one of the ways I mean, get creative about selling is how can you let people know it's not, especially because I know a lot of councils are, or at least some councils are experiencing price increases again this year. Um, For some of you, it's the first time you've had a price increase. Some of you may have had experienced a price increase before. Some of you may be new, but your council's going through a price increase. So you personally have never sold cookies at any other price but you're hearing people talk about the fact that the price has gone up um, and and your customers may or may not notice. Here's my honest thoughts about a price increase. Personally, most customers don't know when the price increases or not. Most customers don't remember. Sometimes the price doesn't change, but they'll insist that the price has gone up since last year. Um, And other times the price really did go up and most customers don't notice. They just take your word for it for however much it costs. Most customers don't know if the price increased. Now, the news can do us dirty because the news will report on price increases even if your area didn't have a price increase because they pick up in the news world that Girl Scouts somewhere increased prices of cookies this year. And so they start reporting that Girl Scouts has increased the price of cookies this year. And then that's going to influence a buyer into thinking that the price increased regardless of any of that and 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 truly some customers are really knowledgeable and they know that the price increased they'll notice okay so occasionally you'll get that all of this to say there are going to be objections to the price of the cookies whether your price increased or not because especially if you're selling right in front of a grocery store they can walk into the store and get cookies for significantly less money so what that means is that when we're selling we need to get creative about how we sell and what our pitch looks like as far as uh really emphasizing the this isn't about the box of cookies this is about investing in these girls and as a benefit you get a box of cookies right or 
in addition to getting a box of cookies, you're also investing in the girls. Maybe that's the bonus. However it works for you and however it works for your girls. And honestly, your girls can be part of developing this at a troop meeting. So getting creative with how you market the cookies and sell them. And this could be a matter of practicing. Have this conversation with your girls about, hey, the like when we're selling cookies, what what do we say? Do you want to buy some cookies? Would you like to buy some cookies? Whatever it is. Sure. And then what if the customer has this objection? What if the customer has this objection? What if the customer says this? And get them to work through some things and ask them to think, right? You're pushing them to think critically and you're encouraging them to get creative with what What do you think we could do to help people realize that what they're buying is more than just a box of cookies, right? And start helping them make those connections. And the girls will amaze you even when they're really young. If they're first-time cookie sellers, then again, just like first-time cookie sellers for adults, you have to start more at the beginning, but honestly, they're going to learn it. So um, you, you know, give them more credit and you can always dial it back when you realize that they need less, but, but expect that they can handle more than you think they can. <laughs> and then... You also want to get creative literally in how you're selling cookies. So some ideas we've shared on this podcast in the past, Jamil and I did an awesome cookie episode at this point. I can't believe this, but I think it was two years ago. I think it was 2021 that we did our creative cookie selling uh, kind of workshop. We went live in the Facebook group for like an hour and a half, and then we broke that up into a bunch of mini topical episodes that came out on this podcast. So you can definitely go back in the archives of this, or if you go in the Facebook group, you can go back and rewatch that video. But we did share some of these ideas. So just some things in general. And again, I could do a whole episode on this, but just some like ideas to get and get the ball rolling would be um, finding ways to sell online. So, if you know, and a lot of times they're like MLM type things, but you've probably been invited on Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, to one of those pop-up groups where people are having a quote-unquote party online, a digital party, just like in real life they used to do kind of Tupperware parties and things like that. I mean, they probably still do, but in person kind of Tupperware parties or even um, adult parties um, where they're selling adult products, you could um, have a virtual party like that, like they do in those Facebook groups where you and your girls create fun interactive games and things like that. And so you, the adults, maybe invite your Facebook friends and then the girls are live and active and engaged in the in the Facebook group. You could also do a telethon type thing where the girls can do a sleepover together and you could do a 24-hour thing or you could have girls, you know, um, switch out and take shifts, whatever you want it to look like, right, or whatever they want it to look like. Um, they could do some kind of telethon where they're then making phone calls to people to ask them if they want to buy cookies. You could do um, a creative uh, in-person, you know, I was talking about those in-person parties. I should have just gone here immediately. Uh, you could have an in-person cookie party. And this is something that my troop talked about doing, but we actually never had a chance to actually pull it off. But we had this idea where you could go as upscale as you want. You could do a really 
nice fundraising party where you bring kind of the more high level people in your network to the space. The girls could also create invitations, design invitations and send personal invitations to kind of higher level um, people who may have more money to spend. And you could create a dressed up fancy um, party. Now, there may be some money that would go troop money, troop funds that would go into this, right? Reserving an event space, probably, um, unless you can get that donated. They could um, potentially serve like sparkling cider. They could have kind of appetizers so that while people are there, you could create this like really fancy fundraiser ambiance. I am a business owner. I also um, I have experience uh, with um, a big network with a lot of people who work in high level real estate. I also before that had a lot of experience with people who work in high level like tech companies. So that was one of the reasons why that was something that had come to our, our idea box is because we were thinking about the types of events that the people in those networks that we know they get invited to, right? and what kind of fundraisers they're going to and what that fundraiser experience is like and how could we create that. Um, also putting together in those um, examples like um, packages of cookies to sell or and then the girls are giving a presentation at this fundraiser right where they're going through maybe um, some girls individually do this maybe some girls team up in partners or in small groups and they go through these individual things where they're each sharing different aspects of Girl Scouts that they love maybe you have a slideshow portion maybe you have a video that they made that plays and then there's an opportunity for everyone to pledge how many cookies they want to either purchase or donate and a lot of those people probably would end up making the donation right and so um, you can put it towards your cookies for community or your cookies for caring or whatever the donated cookies part is right not necessarily donating specific to your troop because you're going to have different um, rules around that but most of the time you can't just take a straight donation during cookie season that is like a violation of the selling permit um, for the nonprofit status of the organization. So most of the time, you can't take a straight monetary donation toward the troop. You have to put any monetary donations you get during cookie season to cookies, and then you get paid whatever your payout is from the box. So um, you could uh, check with your council and find out like what the options are there. But just, you know, if people know what they're doing is donating toward cookies for the community, then in addition to supporting the troop, they're also supporting whatever that cause is that those boxes are going toward. And that could be a troop specific thing. It could be the council specific thing, right? Um, depending on where those donated boxes go. So I'm not going to dwell on that right now. If you don't really know the answer to that because you're newer, that's totally acceptable. You don't need to plan an event of this scale right now anyway. I just want to give you some creative ideas. Similarly, um, but on a way smaller scale, you could do more like the Tupperware thing, right? Which is where um, it's just normal everyday people who get invited. So you're inviting your neighbors, you're inviting your peer group, you're inviting your friends, right? And family members. And they're coming over and they're just, they're not necessarily high level donor type people, but they are, um, people who would want to come together and experience like a community and maybe you play some games and you show and maybe have a taste test you show off the product and or the girls are going to show off the product and then they're going to make their pitch right and then throughout the night people will be able to make purchases so you could do the same kind of thing you would do at like a tupperware party but create your own experience with the girls for cookies 
And a lot of girls aren't going to know what a Tupperware party is or what that looks like. So you might have to help them visualize it. You might have to utilize um, like YouTube and things like that to kind of tell the story of like, what does this look like? And then that will help them conceptualize what kind of things they could do. Um, depending on the age of your girls and your specific group of girls, you might have to do some of the initial kind of setup of the structure and then have them plan things to go in it um, in order to, you know, um, get the idea rolling. And once they've done it before, they're definitely going to be able to pull it off again. So there's just some ideas for some creative ways to sell cookies. Um, also selling to businesses. So trying to approach the um, trying to approach like yogurt shops or bakeries or restaurants or um, I I know some people have had luck selling to like car dealerships because they can do a spiff where they'll make a huge purchase of tons and tons of boxes of cookies and then they offer like um, I, an example I know of that my troop was not part of was that they were doing a spiff at this dealership where if you bought a car from them the car was full of Girl Scout cookies right it had like several cases of cookies so the idea was that your car was full of cookies when you drove away with it when you bought a new car so it was just like a incentive to buy a car with that specific dealership or with that specific salesperson um, i'm not sure if it was dealership wide or salesperson specific but anyway giving them those ideas also like real estate agents right they do um closing gifts a lot of times for their clients who buy a new home so they do almost like a welcome uh, to your new home package. And so encouraging them like, oh, you could put their favorite box of cookies or you could put a couple of boxes of cookies in there in addition to whatever you would normally put together for your closing gifts. So things like that, trying to get creative. I know for me personally, when I worked for Girl Scouts, especially because I had cookies coming out my ears, like I always, always was deep in cookies, I would um, put the... I would like have, I would always ask people, sorry, I had a little trouble with forming sentences again. I would ask people in my life or my network, you know, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? That was a constant, you know, I work for Girl Scouts. So people always are like, oh, so you have cookies. So I'd always, you know, lean into that and say like, what's your favorite cookie? And I would kind of keep track of that either physically or just mentally of what their favorite cookie is. And then that way, it's something that I would use to tip. It's something that I would use to gift if I, um, wanted to like you know some people gift their mailman some people uh, or tip their mailman or whatever like um if you tip along the way for when you're traveling or whatever adding a box of cookies to that is like a nice little spin on emphasizing like i'm a girl scout i'm a girl scout i'm a girl scout and like stay engaged with girl scouts right and hopefully they love the product so then they continue to purchase so um giving people those ideas will help them want to purchase more, right? So that they have them on hand. I'm not just purchasing to enjoy this with my family, which is only gonna be like a box or two, maybe four boxes. Some people love them, they'll buy a case, but um, other people need ideas about what they would do with a case if they bought it. Encouraging people to um, buy you out, encouraging people to buy by the case, letting them know that's even an option to buy by the case. Now, of course, the price is the same, right? We can't change the price for buying more cookies, but we can let them know it's an option. Some people don't even know that. And if they're like, oh, I love Thin Mints, it's like you could buy a whole case of them. I've got a whole case right here for you. And this is, you know, what it costs. 
and they go nuts for that. So um, that's definitely like a small upsell option. You also can make suggestions. If you, you know, I see you're buying these cookies. Have you tried this one? Because I think you'd like this one. That's another like creative upselling technique. So um, yeah, there's lots and lots of ways you can cre get creative with selling or upselling. And again, we could do a whole episode on this. I feel like I almost have. So this was all my first tip, by the way, is like think outside the box to get creative with your selling and upselling. And that is really going to make a big difference, especially when you are struggling with getting uh, booth spots, struggling with good booths, feeling like booths don't do what they used to do, whatever you feel about getting a good booth. If you're new, you might have missed quote unquote booth rounds with your council. So you're trying to figure out how to make things work with the dregs. If you got council booths, but your council booths aren't what they used to be, or you didn't get the good ones that you hoped for, or Walmart's not participating anymore because that's something that has happened periodically in different areas over the years. If you feel like, you know, oh, we went to these booths that used to be really busy, but now they're not, or whatever it is, right? Um, we have to come up with new ways to make this program work so that we can still raise the funds that we need for our girls. So thinking outside the box and getting creative. There are so many built-in ways to sell, but you don't just have to do the built-in ways. You can get creative about how you sell as long as it follows the rules and you're not changing the price, okay? Okay, so tip number two. So tip number one was think outside the box, get creative with your selling and upselling. Tip number two is set goals that take the pressure off. Now, if you've already set goals with your troop or you've already talked to them about this, then it might be like a little behind the eight ball on this. But I'm going to say this, like we get so easily influenced by what the top sellers did, what we're hearing online. Like we want all this money because we want a huge budget. The reality is you can do this program on little to no budget you don't need to make a ton of money. Now, a ton of money is helpful, right? Just like in real life. But can we set realistic goals that will take some of the pressure off? So if you sold last year, <laughs> I want to sell, I want our troop to sell the same amount they sold last year is a great goal. Or I want to exceed the amount we sold last year, period. If you sell one more box than you sold last year, you met your goal. Um, similarly, thinking about like, really what is the lowest amount we need for our financing <clears throat> instead of putting this pressure on ourselves of like we want to go to europe or some exciting exotic destination we want to do all these crazy things that would be amazing and you definitely can do that and also I don't want you to be heartbroken when you don't make enough money from cookies. Some councils make like 46 cents a box or something, right? So you have to sell thousands of boxes to be able to make enough money to run your troop and also plan a big trip like that. And there are so many other ways that we've talked about on this podcast for raising money, for getting donations, and for traveling inexpensively. And we'll continue to have those conversations that you can sell have those big experiences or as Cheryl shared in the most recent interview episode from December, um, you can also make a multi-year plan. You don't have to raise all that money in one sale. If you plan five years in advance, you have five cookie programs to make that happen. So there's a lot of opportunity to kind of take the pressure off your shoulders. You don't have to be 
a super seller troop. And my troop never was. And I've said that before, but I think that's really important to say because I literally have a podcast about being a troop leader and I still didn't have a super selling troop, okay? I think, and I don't remember the exact numbers. I did not look them up to refresh my memory. It's now been a few years, but I think the largest that my troop ever was in participating girls selling was around like 24 girls selling and the most cookies we ever sold was right around the like 3300 mark i want to say it could have been more like 35 or 36 and it could have been more like 3000 i honestly am not quite sure but the point is it was not a ton a ton a ton of cookies and there are people there are troops who have a girl singularly who sells that many boxes that was just not the case um in my council now i'm also blessed that i live in a an area where we got almost a dollar per box so you know three thousand boxes our troop made like about three thousand dollars in that cookie program and that is very helpful um now again with that number of girls that really only and i mean we had more girls than that in the troop it's just that's about how many we're selling but when you do kind of the math on that that only ends up being like a hundred bucks per girl in budget that's not a lot <laughs> right so we definitely couldn't go to Europe on that. <laughs> Am I doing the math on that right? I think so. 100 times, let's just round it up and say 30 girls. I never hit 30, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It just isn't it just isn't a ton of money and we still had some really awesome fun adventures and we did things like troop dues we did a little bit of fall product um you have options for we did, did get stuff donated or you know we had parent contribution um so there's other things that we did to make some of that stuff happen but uh yeah you have options and honestly in a worst case scenario you create magic in a troop meeting right in a freaking rec room or a classroom right it doesn't have to be the bahamas and and we can figure that out um okay so but it can it can be the bahamas right and it just might not be from one cookie season so can we set goals that take the pressure off of our shoulders that we don't have to be super sellers and and with that being said with that being my second my second tip to set realistic goals for yourself, realistic goal, so that you're thrilled and celebrating when you exceed that goal. Um, I am a big advocate for setting goals that stretch you in general. Like, and I think that's one of the things about the program and about Girl Scouts in general that is important is that we teach girls that setting goals actually makes us work harder because we're striving toward a goal. Um, and setting a stretch goal in addition to a realistic goal is totally fine. But what I don't want you to do is to feel like this is impossible for me to do this because we didn't make enough money that's what i'm trying to avoid so on the note of setting realistic goals that take the pressure off your shoulders that you have to be some kind of super seller you have to have one of the top sellers in the council in your troop you don't um if you do that's awesome but you don't have to um the third major tip i have is to not lose sight of the big picture so you know i did this episode last week about the kind of state of girls in the world and and how things were for girls last year and for children last year around the world and going into 2024 and kind of I think 
you know, a big reason why I really wanted to share that. And I said this last week is that I think it's really important that we keep the big picture here of what really matters. And cookies can be so frustrating when we can't get the flavors we need and we're trying to communicate and coordinate with parents and we're volunteering a million hours a week for six to 10 or 12 weeks, right? Depending on your sale length in your area. We put in so much time and effort above and beyond what we already did just to run the troop in order to make cookie season happen. It's exhausting and it can be demoralizing when then girls are frustrated or disappointed or they get in trouble for something or they don't sell enough or their parents aren't communicating or they're not turning in their money on time or parents are asking you to do even more than you're already going above and beyond doing and they don't understand. Um, and it's thankless, right? Like there's so many things that can be so frustrating. Raspberry Rally sell out infamous now, right? Um, you can't get more of the cookies that you need. You're out of Thin Mints or you can't get any more gluten-free or whatever it is that caused the big hullabaloo of the year because there's always something. And I'm going to call it right now, January 3rd, I'm recording this. I'm going to call it right now. There will be frustration this cookie season. There will be a cookie crisis because there literally always is. So what I think is important is rather than letting that um, totally unseat us and think, I'm done. I'm never selling cookies again. I might quit Girl Scouts. Somebody else is going to have to do this next year. My troop isn't going to participate. I don't even know if I'll have a troop. This is my last year. Whatever it is because I'm frustrated and I'm, I just feel like just completely put out over this. Instead of letting it get to that point, keep the big picture of what the point was in the first place. There are little girls who will say they joined Girl Scouts to sell cookies because they saw other people selling cookies or they know that's something Girl Scouts do and they think it's fun. But nobody stays in Girl Scouts to sell cookies. And no volunteer became a troop leader so that they could help girls sell cookies. None of us did that, okay? None of us did that. We did this because we want to deepen our connection and our relationship with our daughters. We wanna build really positive, fun memories. We want to help invest in these girls in building skills that are going to help them in their lives. We want to be a trusted, safe adult for these girls to have in their lives a role model. We want to create safe spaces for girls to grow and learn and connect with the, themselves and each other in a world that isn't safe for girls to take up space. And we want to arm them with the confidence and the self-esteem to manage <laughs> their well-being and their self-care in a world where it's not safe to be a girl, okay? So those are the things that matter. The, that's what we're doing here. So when you are at a booth, whether it's fast or slow, or busy or slow, whether it's um, booths all weekend long every single weekend, or whether you had two booths all season, whether it's selling tens of thousands of packages of cookies or a couple hundred packages of cookies. Whatever it is on the spectrum, the point is the girl experience. So always going back to how do you as the troop leader try to give the girl as positive of an experience as possible? And that doesn't mean, well, I couldn't because council sold their, or GSUSA mishandled raspberry rallies. Well, I couldn't because council didn't order enough Thin Mints. No, 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 no. Assume that that's going to happen. Assume that there's not enough inventory. Assume that there's going to be a crisis. Assume that parents aren't going to communicate with you. If all that is still true, what can you do for your girls? What can you do with your girls? If you're sitting, I have had girls sitting outside um, a store 
in the dark, in the cold, during a booth, selling nothing. We had maybe two two people who even approached our table. Nobody freaking bought cookies. And they were, it was so slow. And what did we do? And we've had booths like that, right? We've had multiple booths like that. And what did we do? We made up songs. We brainstormed or planned things for future meetings. We had engaging conversations. We spent time getting to know each other. We played games, whatever it is, right? It goes back to what's the girl experience here and what do I have control over? There's things I don't have control over, but what do I have control over? And that is also a life skill. So um, letting go of the minutia that's going to drag you down and make you feel like quitting, just let go of it. Let it roll off. That's not the important part. The important part are the girls are safe and they know they're loved and they are with adults they can trust right? Those are the things that are most important. And if we can give girls a safe space to be girls, we're doing the program. (laughs) We're doing the program. And specifically for the cookie program, we're going to those uh, skills, right? The skills that are part of the cookie program. And we're trying to make sure that girls are getting experience with developing those skills, regardless of how many boxes they sell, right? So, that's the point. So anyway, those are my three main tips. Think outside the box and get creative with your selling and your upselling. Set realistic goals that take some of the pressure off your shoulder because your shoulders, because honestly, you don't have to be the council's top selling troop. And um, also focus on the big picture. Relinquish the minutia and focus on the big picture. I hope that this was helpful. If you want to check out that video in the Facebook group and in general connect with us over in the Facebook group, sometimes we're active, sometimes we're not. It's whatever. There's no pressure. Um, You can come hang out with a bunch of like-minded, positive, progressive, um, really intentional um, women and men and them who are trying to create really positive, meaningful experiences for girls. That is the top priority is making sure this is like a really high impact program and you really, really want to do right by them. You can connect with other like-minded leaders in this group. It's facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. And there's that's the page, but there's a link there to join the group as well. And you can also, if you're not on Facebook, you can email me and I'm I always want to connect with you. It's Girl Scout Podcast at gmail.com. I do also have an Etsy shop and I try to put really size inclusive, accessible price point merch. I do have mostly adult merch, but there is some girl merch and I'm expanding it. Um, I'm I'm trying to add new merch, new apparel, new things on there um, at least every quarter. I I have some digital files on there. I want to expand my digital file offerings as well, but for now it's a little bit limited. Um, but there is some on there, but there's a lot of apparel and merch that is fun and creative and um, size inclusive um, up to four or five X in everything we carry in adult sizes. And then also we have some things in girl sizes. And we also, I try to make those price points really accessible because I know the GSUSA official branded merch is awesome and they have some really cool stuff, but it can also get really, really pricey. So I just want to be able to offer another option. And also 
every single purchase from there helps make this podcast possible. It does take a lot of time and resources and effort to put this together. And every purchase from the Etsy shop directly funds this effort and allows me to continue making great free content. Well, hopefully it's great. <laughs> So uh, if this was helpful, if you have other tips you want to contribute for your top tips for the 2024 cookie season, please do share with me. You can either email me or you can pop it in the Facebook group and just share with everyone there. And um, I will see you next week. Thanks. Bye.